Good evening, everybody. So good to see you all tonight. The title for tonight is The Road to Calvary is Paved with Gold. And what I want to teach you tonight, and it's not, I'm not your teacher, the Holy Spirit is our teacher, but, but what I want to show you tonight, the road to Calvary is paved with gold. And that gold is the blood of Jesus Christ. That His blood has paved the way for our salvation. And even starting at the Garden of Gethsemane, at, at where, his blood, where his sweat became great drops of blood, all the way to, to, to the, the floggings, with the whips, with the clay at the ends of, of, of the ropes, and then even with the, the crowning of the thorns, and even as the cross was placed upon his back, that his blood was being shed all the way to the foot of, to the foot of Calvary. And as he was nailed to the cross, his wrist, his hands into the, into the sides, and his feet into the, the bottom. And he was, every shedding of his blood has something to do with our deliverance, has something to do with our healing, has something to do with our redemption. And when he gave up his final breath, one of the soldiers came to him and took a sword and pierced his side, and water and blood gushed forth from the side of Christ. Every single event that took place, took place for our redemption. And by His stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53, 3 says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Here is the King of the world, the King of the universe, who did not come to this earth in, in, in riches, even though, he was worth, even though He owned all the riches of the world. But He gave everything up for our sakes. He was despised. He was rejected. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we beheld our faces from Him. And we were, we were, we were and we, He was despised and we esteemed Him not. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God. And all of us like sheep, even as the, 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 even as the disciples ran away, they fled in Gethsemane. They fled at the Mount of Olives. Well, guess what? Jesus continued to intercede for His disciples. He continued to intercede for Peter, even, even before Peter denied Him three times. And through everything that he went through, through every bit of anguish, through every bit of suffering, it was for our, it was for our redemption. It was for our redemption. And he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And, you may, and some people argue, whose fault was it that Jesus was taken to the cross? Well, I want you to repeat after me. It was my fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. Amen? It was for us. And if you were the only living person on this earth, Jesus still would have gone to Calvary for, for, for your soul. Amen? Amen? Luke 23, 33. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles, Luke 23, 33. And when they were come to the place, can you say it with me? When they were come to the place, 
which is called Calvary. There they crucified him. And the malefactors. One on the right and the other on the left. Well, you know what? You and I are like the malefactors on the sides of Christ. And all of us have gone astray. And he, he, he was crucified on that cross for, for our sins. And he came to repair, to undo, to, be, to perform a tikkun or a reparation for the sin that took place in the garden. And, and what, what the serpent took away, Christ has restored. And I want to read to you from the Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verses 10 through 16. And I, what, I want you to, what I want you to imagine, and allow the Spirit of God to give you a, a vision, is as I read this, these verses to you, I want you to, to picture Jesus hanging on the cross. Because I believe this is what the Scripture is prophesying. We often use the Song of Solomon as a, as, a, as, a, as a book of romance uh, between a husband and a wife. But that's not what this book is really about. This book is about our relationship with the bridegroom. It's about our relationship with Christ Jesus. Amen? And parts of this book refer to the actual temple in Jerusalem, and parts of this book also relate to the Messiah, whom I believe they are speaking about. I believe, I believe Solomon is prophesying about Christ, the bridegroom. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verses 10 through 16. My beloved is white and ruddy. The whiteness speaks about his purity. And the ruddiness speaks about, is a redness speaking about his blood. The chiefest among 10,000. His head is as the most fine gold. And I like to relate the blood to the, to the, to the gold. And the crown of thorns being pressed into the head of Jesus. And as the crown of thorns is pressed into the head of Jesus, what is being released from Christ's head? The blood, the gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters. Washed with milk. Speaking about the depth of God's word that, that are, are in him. His cheeks as a, are as a bed of spices. As sweet flowers, his lips like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with the beryl. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid white spices, with spices. I'm sorry, overlaid with sapphires. Even with my glasses, I can't read. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet, yet he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And daughters of Jerusalem, this is the Christ. This is the Christ that Solomon is prophesying about. The fine gold, his blood. His mouth is most sweet. Because all the words that came out of the mouth of Christ were the words of Torah, were, were the word of God. Yeah. This is my beloved, this is my friend. And I invite you to say this to Jesus with me. This is my beloved. This is my, beloved. This is my, friend. This is my friend. 
O daughter of Jerusalem. The sweet-smelling myrrh. The, just the, the anointing. He, the, all the anointings that he received throughout his life. And the wise men that came from the east bearing gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And many of us say that there were three wise men that came to Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, if, if Herod and thousands were wondering what, what was taking place, it could not have been only three wise men. They might have been hundreds, if not even thousands of wise men that came into Bethlehem. Amen. Amen? But they bought three very costly gifts. The frankincense, the myrrh, and the gold. The same three things that we find in the, in the, in the tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Solomon. Everything that we read here in the Song of Solomon, verses, chapter 5, verses 10 through 16, speak about Christ crucified. And even on the cross, what did he say? He said, I thirst. But he wasn't thirsting for water, he was thirsting for souls. And I believe he was seeing every single soul that was going to be saved by the work at Calvary. And the spices, the sweet flowers, all the anointment, ointments that he received... Even the woman with the spike, with the, with the alabaster box of spikenard, how she broke that box and anointed Jesus for his burial, and how she wiped, the, she wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. All this for the preparation. And one thing we know about Jesus, Jesus, he, who knew not sin, became sin for us. Amen? So when he was on that cross, he who is the spotless Lamb of God, who was chosen before the foundations of the world to, to, be, to be the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Yeah. God the Father chose the Word to become flesh and to bear the sins of the entire world. And every single aspect of your redemption was paid for at the cross of Calvary. I would even go as far, I would even dare to say that even at Christ's circumcision, at, 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 the, at eight days old, when he was circumcised, even with that shedding of blood, had to do with our redemption as well. Every shedding of Christ's blood has to do with our redemption. And we all know, you know, I'll keep saying this over and over again, Jesus took upon the sins upon the entire world upon his shoulders. Now, this week's Torah portion, if you're, if you're following along with the with the, with the Torah readings that the Jews perform every single week. This week's reading is Parsha or portion Metzora. Can you say Metzora? Metzora means one being diseased. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me so you can remember it. One being diseased. Metzora. And, and, and the Torah portion is taken from Leviticus 14, verse 1, all the way through 15, verse 33. Parsha Metzora, one being diseased. Now, the, the, the way we translate Metzora into English is leper. And our, and our, all of our Bibles use the word leper, but it's not leprosy the way we see leprosy. So this leper that has this skin condition called leprosy is not that, it's not Hansen's disease. This is a spiritual malady that manifests itself physically on one skin. And so, 
But when you, when you see Metzora, when you see the leper, when you see the one being diseased, I want you to see Christ on the cross, Jesus on the cross, bearing the sins of all of us. Because he who knew no sin took, his, took our sin upon himself. He became the Metzora. Everything that you read about in the Torah is prophetic of Christ Jesus. Amen? He, he became as one being diseased with our sins. But he who, knew, he who knew not sin became sin for us. But as he took upon our maladies upon his shoulders, he brought forth healing to all of us. And I'm going to read this quote to you. I don't remember where I got this from, but I'll read this to you. When Torah study, and that's what we're doing tonight, and when I say Torah study, I'm speaking about the entire Bible interpreted through the lens of the rabbis. When Torah study is undertaken with purity of heart, it elevates, it heals, and protects us from spiritual maladies. God assures us of this. I created the Yetzirah, that's the evil inclination, but I created the Torah as an antidote to it. Now Yetzirah, and for those of you that are new to the Torah, uh, Every one of us has two inclinations. We have what's called the Yetzer Hatov. Can you say that with me? Yetzer Hatov. That's the good inclination. And then we also have something that I don't really like so much, and that's the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination. So whenever you're told, you know, it would be good, Brother Bert, if you help Pastor Fowler to get to his car tonight. Or help him carry some of his things, and and you'll and you'll say and your yetzer hatov inclination will say, yeah, that's a good thing. I'll help him to his car tonight. But then the evil inclination, the yetzer hara, will say, no, I don't. I can't help Pastor follow the car. I'm in a hurry. I've got to hit that 91 freeway before the construction traffic, before the construction starts, because I need to get home. So so there's always a part of us. There's always a struggle within all of us. You all look very angelic, and it looks like none of you struggle with the, with the Yetzirah. But I don't know how many of you are going to reach for the, rush for the door at when, I'm, when I'm finishing at 11.45 tonight. Tonight my goal is to test your, to, to test your Yetzirah versus your Yetzirah And thank you, Fletcher Jones. So, this shall be the law of the leper. In the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought unto the priest. Vayikra 14.2, reading this to you from uh, Chabad.org. This shall be the law of the Metzorah. On the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought to the priest. Now the name of this Parsha is Parsha Metzorah, meaning a person afflicted with, with Zara'at. Can you say that with me? Zara'at? Zara'at, I'm going to read the definition to you first, then I'll explain to you what it means. Zara'at is a condition that imparts ritual impurity and consequently denies the afflicted person entrance to the temple and involvement in any of its rituals, even in the social life of the community. So if you were living in the wilderness, the 40 years in the wilderness, and, and, and this condition appeared on your skin, you would have to be declared unclean by the priest. And then you'll be sent out into outside of the camp into, in, for, for several days until you're purified. 
Now, when we look at this condition, when, when you read these chapters in Leviticus in our English Bibles, you're going to think this is a person with leprosy. You're going to think it's Hansen's disease. But that's not what's taking place. I want, you, I want you to imagine this scenario. Imagine being in the wilderness for 40 years where you are surrounded by God's, by God's glory in all directions. The Midrash tells us that, God, that Israel was surrounded by seven clouds of God's glory. There was a cloud beneath them, a cloud above them, a cloud on the left, the right, behind, and in front. That's six if my arithmetic's correct. And a seventh cloud that led them. The seven clouds of God's glory represent the leading of the Holy Spirit. And for 40 years, they did not have to fish. They did not have to grow vegetables and fruits. Do you know why? Because they were fed by the manna that God rained down from heaven. They ate angels' food. They were sustained by the Word of God. And walking in this lofty place of spirituality, I mean, imagine being in that intimacy with God all the time. I mean, they were completely surrounded by a depth of holiness that I don't think we could, none of us will probably experience in this lifetime. And they were walking in such an elevated glory. Now, if you, when you're walking in God's glory, there is a very fine line between sin and not sinning. The closer you are to God, the more intimacy you have with God, the, the finer the fine line is between sin and not sinning. So, even if the slightest bit of Loshan Hora, the slightest bit of entertaining evil thoughts, could be enough to bring this, this Metzora condition upon a person. And well, their skin was turned a certain color, maybe a brownish or reddish color, and that, and that was God's sign telling, telling the priest that this person is afflicted with Metzorah, with, 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 is a Metzorah, is afflicted with Zara'at, that, that, that leprosy, that spiritual leprosy, that, that, that Zara'at, was, Zara'at was a physical manifestation of a spiritual condition. Now we we gossip and, and commit evil speech all the time. But why are we not afflicted with Zara'at? Well, guess what? We are. We just don't see it. But when the Israelites lived in such a place of God's glory, there was a fine line between what people could get away with. For example, when God told Moses to speak to the rock, he struck the rock. And, look, and God judged Moses by not permitting him to enter the Holy Land. Because the more intimate you are with God, the great, the, the great, the, the, there's, a, there's a fine line between what's right and what's wrong. And God, in His mercy, allowed this condition to appear on the, on the skin of the, of the Israelites so that they could repent quickly. And when they repented, the skin color turned white. And then for seven days they were put out of the camp, and then they were permitted to return, and the priest would declare that person clean. Well, guess what? Jesus came to, to remove the zara'at from your spiritual condition. Because after you've been cleansed, then you can return to temple involvement. Well, guess what? Christ came not only to save your souls from hell. He came that you may return to temple service. 
He, he came that He could wipe out the zara'at from your, from, from, your, from your souls and then return you to become a vessel to be used in God's temple. Amen? Because God, He came not only to save us, He came also to release us into our ministries. Amen. And I'm telling you, the, great, the greatest lifestyle is to live a lifestyle of serving God. Yeah. That even in my secular job, which I do for 50, 60 hours a week, it's, it, it, it's for God's service. Amen? And the Torah that we learn every single week, it's, it's for Him. And to raise God's people up all over to serve Him and to love Him. Amen? Yes. The Zara'at is a condition that, that imparts ritual impurity. But whenever they engage in Loshem Hora, evil speech. Now, I didn't explain what Loshem Hora is yet, but I'm, I'm going to assume that you've never heard it before. Loshem Hora is, a, um, is evil speech. But it's not a speech that's a lie, it's speech that's true. So, for example, let's say there's a guy named Peter sitting over here. I don't want to use real names tonight. Let's say there's a guy named Peter sitting over here. And Peter is a, a horrible singer. Actually, that's not a good analogy. But let's say I say something about somebody that's true, but I say it in a negative way. That is Lashon Hora. It's what Joseph used to do about his brothers. He would always come and tell tales about what his brothers were doing. And his brothers hated him because of what he said about them. What he was saying about them was true. And his brothers were not handling the affairs of Jacob's business properly as a shepherd. They were not handling business properly. But jo and, and Joseph could not wait to run to his father and say and complain about his brothers. What he was saying was true, but he wasn't doing it in a way to, to repair the things. He was actually destroy, destroying his brothers. And we have to be very careful in our speech when we speak negatively about one another. See, Loshem Hora is different than any type of gossip. Like, for example, let's say I want Bert's ministry of leading worship. And I go to the head pastor and I tell the pastor, you know what, Bert, you don't want Bert, I'm a better singer than Bert is. <laughs> and I, I say negative things about him because I want his position. Well, that's not Loshem Hora because I'm lying. But if I'm speaking the truth and it's negative about somebody else, that is considered the sin of Loshem Hora. And it's a sin that we have to be very, very careful about. We all do it un unintentionally from time to time. For example, if you want a promotion in the workplace, you know, instead of just about speaking about your qualifications, you may add, a, add your two cents and say, well, Marilyn is not really so good at this, and I'm really good at crunching numbers. See, I've committed, and maybe what I've said is true, but it's Loshem Hora, because I, 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 I spoke about Marilyn in a, in a derogatory way, and I'm using it to promote myself. Yeah. We have to be very careful. One thing that I choose to acknowledge in life, promotion comes from the Lord. Yeah. So we don't need to degrade anybody else to get our promotion. Amen? Yeah. I just trust, trust God to place us where He wants to place us. There have been times in my life where I've been very, very distraught because I did not get that promotion. It, it's not as beautiful as all the Hall Hallmark movies I've seen. <laughs> but you know, I, I truly believe promotion comes from the Lord. And every place that God, sometimes, sometimes I just have to praise the Lord for not giving me that promotion. There was one promotion I was spared from, well guess what, the entire team has been eliminated in the last week. Wow. 
It's just the Lord has always put me in places to protect me. Yes. It's just, it's, it's just, just. I encourage all of you just to trust in the Lord, and every good, just take every good thing and bad thing as divine providence. God is in control. You know, some people give up on God. Well, Lord, I prayed, I trusted you, I fasted, I did this and this, and I went for three entire months of just completely trusting you, and things didn't work out in my favor. So guess what? They stopped going to church, they stopped serving God, and, and they just completely cut off fellowship with the brethren. And you know, and I, I can't promise anyone that when you serve God that, things, that negative things will not happen in your life. What I can say is, the more you're serving God, the more negative things are going to take place. The more testings are going to take place. And that's not something that you, you, you never hear that from the pulpit. We always hear about destiny and breakthrough, and I believe in all of that. But you, you, you've got to look at the entire picture, because we are called to pick up our cross and serve Jesus. Amen? Amen. So it's not going to be everyone's going to love you, everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be Hallmark. No, we're going to go through testings in life. And for the producers of Hallmark, it's just a joke. But all of us need to, all of us need to uh, take the good and the bad and just, just allow God to refine us through everything. Amen? Amen. When I, and, I, and I also want to take a, set, a moment to, not a moment, I should take the entire service, but I really want to thank Dr. Corral for allowing us to have this tour every week. I mean, she's the one that puts the service on for us. She's the one that allows uh, uh, us, to, us to have this every week. So I, 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 we, we honor the woman of God tonight. Amen? And this, this condition of Zara'at is a skin condition contracted as a result of engaging in forbidden gossip. We must be very careful with our, with our gossip. We need to minimize gossip. Yeah. And the rabbis tell us, and I believe this is it, it's, um, the reason why the, single, the second temple was destroyed, it was because of baseless baseless hatred and also because of the, of the sins of slander and, 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 and the and the lotion aura. these are sins that we have to be we have to be very careful with they can destroy organizations they destroy churches I mean it's amazing if you go and church study church history how many church splits we've had throughout the ages it's just mind-blowing about the things that we divide over and the subject of, of I'm not, not going to teach much about Parsha Ben Zorah tonight, um, but what I want to share with you is that this Parsha deals with the process of, of curing the Zara'at. So the Ben is the leper, and the Zara'at is the leprosy. Now no, leper is not the right word, and leprosy is not the correct word, but I'm using those words because we, we know those words, but the accurate words in Hebrew, there's no English words for this condition. So the person afflicted with this condition is called a metzora, and Jesus became the metzora for us. And the condition on the skin is zara'at, and Jesus was afflicted. He became the he took on the zara'at of our sins upon the cross. Amen. So it's it's the it's the curing the zara'at, and 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 the entire parsha deals with the cleansing. And the purification. And our purification takes place through the blood and the water of Jesus Christ. Amen? The water and the blood that gush forth from the side of Jesus. Amen. 
And then also we see the thread and the hyssop. Can you say the thread and the hyssop? Now in Leviticus 14.4, it says, Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. I want, I, want, I, want, I want you to focus on the symbolism of these things here. The priest shall command to take for him that is to be cleansed, and that's for all of us, two birds alive and clean, a cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. The cure for Metzora is, involves birds. And do you know why these birds were chosen? Because birds chatter constantly. And what happens when you chatter constantly? There's a lot of lush and horror going on. A lot of evil speech that's going on. And what the Rashi, the, the rabbi the, known as the Rashi says, is that birds are a reminder to the Metzora, that's the leper, to us, that Lashon, Lashon, Hora, sorry, Lashon Hara caused the condition of Zara'at in the first place. So uh, tonight I want us to focus on the sin of evil speech. You know, I can go through a multitude of sins. I can talk about every sin under the sun that we need to deal with. But tonight I want you to focus on one sin in your life. And that's the sin of evil speech. Your speech of how you talk about, how you talk, converse amongst one another. And how you speak about those that you, how you speak about your government, how you speak about your president, how you speak about your prime minister, depending on where you are in the world, how you speak about others. And how is your speech? Is your speech pure or is your speech evil? Is, is your speech, does it build, does it heal, or is it destructive? Because Christ was also crucified to heal the sin of evil speech. And again, the reason why the second temple was, de was destroyed was because of the sin of evil speech, of baseless hatred. And, and, th and that is a sin that destroys churches, it destroys organizations of every single type, it, it, it destroys families. I mean, it, it, it's the most destructive thing on the planet. And it's more destructive than a wildfire in a forest. Or a wildfire, like wild, the fires that we experienced here in Southern California a few months ago. We need, to, we need to watch our speech. The more refined your speeches, and the more in check your, your speeches, the more God can use you. So if I can encourage you all tonight, I'm not going to ask you to walk work on a, on a million different things that you do wrong every single day. I want you to focus on one thing, and I'm going to ask you to focus on that one thing year-round, and that is upon your speech. And to really keep the reins around your speech on what you say. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your speech. That's all. Look at Bert and say, be careful with your speech. No, I'm joking. Don't look at Bert. So whenever you read about birds in the Bible, think about your speech. Whenever you hear the birds chirping, think about your speech. Because I'm telling you, speech is creative and it's destructive. Speech is a gift that God has given mankind. It's not something that's been given to to animals, unless you're into the Chronicles of Narnia. Animals, as far as I know, animals don't speak. Even though the rabbis tell us that, that Solomon could understand what the animals were saying. 
But the gift of speech is a, is a gift that's been given to, to, to all of us. Amen? And it, 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 it's, it's a tremendous gift, but it, it carries tremendous responsibility. But the more in check your speech is, the more you're going to find yourself being successful in life. You'll find yourself being a person that people can trust. And then people know that your yes is yes and your no is no. Yes. If you say you're going to be somewhere at a certain time, well, guess what? You're there at a certain day. You're, you're there to the best of your ability, right? Because your, your word matters. Right. And I believe that's what God honors. The ones that have their speech in check are the ones that have authority even in the realm of the Spirit. That they can declare and decree the Word of God and they'll see the Word of God fulfilled. Because our speech is in check. And I'm not saying this to, to condemn you. I'm speaking to myself more than any of you. You know, those of you that say that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself every week, and that, that's true, I am speaking to myself every week, but I'm hoping I'm speaking to all of you as well. Because I'm telling you, the tongue is the most difficult organ to control. Yeah. That's why God gave us two lips, the gate to our and, and our and, and the and, So we, we, we need to watch our speech. And then also in Leviticus 14.4, we read about we read about the two birds that are clean. We read about the cedar wood. Whenever you read about the wood, it should remind you of the cross of Calvary. Amen? And then we read about the, the scarlet thread. The thread is red. Speaking of the blood of Christ. Even when the red thread was, was dropped, or the rope was dropped from um, from Rahab, the the, 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 um, the harlot, it was a red thread, right? When when um, and, and there's count there's, there's a few other episodes in scripture of, of, of the scarlet red. Then we read about the hyssop. Can you see the hyssop in verse four? Two birds. Cedarwood, speaking of the cross. The two birds speak about evil speech. Cedarwood represents the cross of Jesus. The scarlet represents the blood of Christ. And the hyssop. How many of you know what hyssop is? I'll tell you. Hyssop is a vegetation, a small bush that grows very close to the ground. Whenever you think about something being very close to the ground, it should remind you of humility. Hyssop is a vegetation that, that grows very close to the ground. And it's, the, it's, one of the, it's one of the lowest forms of plant life. And the hyssop, whenever you read about hyssop, it represents the quality of humility, or in Hebrew, anibus. So the Torah's cure for Lashon Hora, for evil speech, is to repair the root of the sin. Now, this is something I want you to pay very close attention to because we all struggle with different things in life. If you don't have a struggle in your life, please raise your hand right now. We all struggle with different things, right? Some things that we struggle with, it, it doesn't have to be just sin that you struggle with. I mean, there are things that we struggle with that may not be sin. So, and, and, and the, the, word, the, the Word of God has the antidote for every single issue that we face in life. Mm -hmm. And so, 
for every condition, there is a remedy. For example, the remedy for evil speech is the hyssop. It's humility. So the way you counteract the evil speech is to, is to add humility to your character. Because guess what? If, if I'm walking into a room and I'm saying, I'm so, much, I'm so much better at this than Brother Ed. Well, guess what? What am I doing? I'm really acknowledging my pride. Because what? there's no reason for me to compare myself to Brother Ed or to Brother Bert or to anybody else. There's no reason for me to do that. And if I'm doing that, well, guess what? I need some hyssop in my character. I need some humility. Or if I think I'm, or if I think I'm, if I think I'm too good to eat with a certain group of people, well, guess what? I need some hyssop. Because I'm not better than anybody else. So I, I need a dose of humility. Amen. Amen? Amen? So for every sin, there is an antidote. There, there, there is a cure. And, if you, and I've been studying Torah psychology for the, for the last few weeks. And I, uh, one of these weeks, I'd like to teach you about Torah psychology and how to deal with the different conditions that, that we face. And as I've been studying the conditions here in America, and, I don't, and it's probably not much different in other parts of the world, but I, I, I'm seeing a, a, these last couple of generations just growing up with, with access to every form of depravity, every form of sin under the sun. Things that used to be dif difficult to access in the 80s when I was a kid is now very easy. And the internet has opened up the doors to countless evil. It's opened up the doors, it's opened the floodgates to, 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 to everybody, the, the, the young to the elderly, to where, the, to where there are no blocks. And I'm asking the Lord, Lord, how can we bring reparation in, in this generation? How can we bring reparation? And the reparation is found in the Word of God. And the reparation is found in the blood of Christ. And there are some sins that God will just bring deliverance for right on the spot. I have been in, 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 miracle, in healing services where God has set people free right on the spot. They walked out completely free from drugs and alcohol addictions. They completely walked away from pornography and, 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 other, and other, uh, you know, other problems. But then there, uh, there are other times where God wants you to walk out your salvation. Where He's not going to deliver you right on the spot, but He wants you to find the keys in His Word to become free from the conditions that, that afflict you. I believe gossip is probably one of the greatest sins that afflicts the body of Christ. And I believe the cure is found right here in Leviticus 14, 4, and it's through humility that you can break, you can break free from, from, from that addiction to gossip. And often when people get on prayer lines to pray about things, where the pastor puts them, I want you and you to pray on the phone, and I want you to pray about this. When they get on the phone and they say, oh, well, you know, we need to pray for brother so-and-so because he's having an affair with so-and-so. And then it turns into, and I'm making all that up, but it turns into a gossip session rather than a prayer session. Amen? We really need to watch what, what our motives and why we do the things that we do. And we all struggle with, we all struggle with stuff. Every one of us struggles with something. Some people are addicted to, to work. And sometimes, are you, are you working hard because you have a good work ethic? Or are you, are, you, are you a workaholic because there's some other unmet need in your soul? You know, because everything, everything has a cause and effect. 
And what happens sometimes when you fix one condition, it, it then something else comes up and you have to deal with that other, other thing. Because I believe we are more complicated than any computer system. I mean, and you deal with one thing, then you got to deal with this other thing. And, you, and, you'll, and sometimes I wonder, Lord, why do you even put up with me? But all I can say is that God is so merciful. He's so merciful, and I, all I can do is depend upon His grace. I'll never be worthy of the gifts that He gives me. I'll never be worthy. You know, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to become worthy, because salvation is a free gift. And salvation is not limited to only knowing that my sins are forgiven, and to know that I'm going to heaven, according to John 3.16. For God so gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have also receive eternal life. It also applies to every single area of my life as well. In my career, in my marriage with Bhavna, in every single situation, God's grace will help me. And if something happens in my family, or someone says something that really upsets me, well, guess what? That's, that's a test from heaven for me. How am I going to react to that, to that injustice? Am I going to lash out? Or am, or am I going to humble myself? And, and to show mercy, and to demonstrate forgiveness, and to know that every one of us falls short of God's glory. Or if every time someone does something bad to me, I cut them off as a friend. Or you go on Facebook and block them. You know, it's, it's not that easy in real life where you can block everyone that you don't like, but eventually you'll have nobody left in your life because you've blocked everyone. <laughs> I, I saw a post on Facebook, and this is actually on my high, on, a, on a high school page that one of our, our friends set up, and it was a post of a yearbook page, and and uh, you know I finished high school in '89, so just give you an idea, and um, it had a picture of a page. It was a photograph of a of a, a yearbook page, and it had everyone. You know, you see all the pictures of all the students in your class, and what this person had done is taken the person he didn't that he or she did not like. And, and just took a marker and, and, and just crossed over that picture. It says, this is how we used to block before Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if they still give your books today. So the reason why I share that with you is give each other permission to be human. And, you know, and, and don't, don't try to remove the plank out of your brother's eye when you've got, I mean, to remove the splinter out of your brother or sister's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye. Let, let, let's walk with mercy. Amen? And then Psalm 51.7, Purge me with hyssop. Look at your neighbor and say, Purge me with hyssop. Purge me with Actually, don't look at your neighbor. Pray this to the Lord. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. The hyssop represents the purging process. Now, how many of you know when you, you know, you've sinned, you're repentant, you're sorry, you go to God and say, Lord, please forgive me. I keep committing this sin over and over again. Lord, please forgive me. And guess what? God does forgive us, right? But even when you walk away, you still may feel the residue of that sin in you. Even like, let's say... I came, I just came to, I got really upset at so-and-so. And I go to that person and I lash out on that person. And then I feel really bad for what I did. And I go and apologize to that person. When I walk away, do you think, if that happened to you, would you walk away feeling better? 
Probably not, because you're still, you may still feel guilty for that sin. Wouldn't you? At least I, I would. The residue of that sin is still with me. So when I repent, when I, can, when I repent, I, you know, I confess my sin, I'm forgiven, whether it's a person forgiving me or God forgiving me, and I know I'm forgiven because God forgives, God honors his, his word. But I walk away and I still have that guilt on me. Because, you know, because repentance or the cleansing is not a one-step process. And there are some sins or a residue that takes a long time to get out of you. For example, if you were to spill, um, let's say you were to spill ketchup on your, uh, on, on your, on your clothing. Will, will that come out after one wash? Probably not, right? It's going to... It's going to take, unless you're, you, you know all the tricks, and I don't know any tricks, but it, it, some, some things may take several washes. For example, I walk by my car, and this happened, I do all this when Bob is gone, I walk by my car and I rub my jeans, uh, my jeans, uh, the pants, my, my pants on, on the tire of, uh, on the, of my car. Well, guess what? That, some of that stuff rubbed up my jeans. So I have this black stain on my, on my jeans. It took several washes to get that out. Because, and that's like some sin where it's just really deep into the fabric and it's not easy to get out. Yeah. That represents the aspects of our lives that really need the hyssop yeah. to cleanse, yeah. right? Yeah. And in this case, the hyssop speaks about the purging. And sometimes it, it's gonna take several sessions to get that thing out, out of our soul. Sometimes it may require counseling. Sometimes it may require you know, many sessions with, with, with prayer on the phone with somebody. And sometimes you can't get it out on your own with the Lord. You need, you need somebody to help you. You know, if you go through a, a, an, a, an Alcoholics Anonymous program, I was told the first step is to, you know, you say, I'm so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic. And the reason why they do that is that you must acknowledge that you have a problem. If you can't acknowledge your sin, guess what? The, there's no way to become free from it because you haven't acknowledged that you have a problem. So if you struggle with gossip, you need to acknowledge to the Lord and maybe even to someone that you're a, a close confidence saying, I have a problem in this area. And then you start taking steps to bring the reparation. Because not every sin will be dealt with just instantaneously. I wish they would be, but sometimes we have to, God expects us to work at our salvation. Amen? Not salvation about whether you're going to heaven or hell. This salvation is that to work out the conditions that affect our, our souls. Amen? And the thread represents redemption. It speaks about the blood of Christ. Genesis 38 verse 30 says, And afterward came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zarah. And Joshua 2.18 speaks about the harlot, Rahab. And thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window. And in Song of Solomon 4.3, thy lips are like a thread of scarlet. I think I only got halfway through, through tonight's teaching. I'm going to go ahead and stop here. I don't want to keep you here all night. Even though I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Bobna's flight comes in at 1 o'clock. I wouldn't mind going until noontime tomorrow. <laughs> Let's see here. We're going to continue on next week on the, off the road to Calvary. Will that be good? 
And the goal is that we're gonna, we're gonna go through the process that Christ went through on his way to Calvary. And if there's time next week, we're gonna go in and, and, and draw in the parallel of what King David did when he was banished from his kingdom by his son, Absalom. And I believe over these next two weeks, we're gonna continue that walk of healing. Many of you don't even know this, but God has already been bringing healing into your souls and bringing deliverance to you just through this word. And some of us, you may be so embalmed saying, Lord, how am I going to become free of these sins? You know what? Don't worry about it. Because even as you're hearing the word of God, that the anointing of the holy word of Torah is bringing you reparation. And I'm telling you, I have so many testimonies personally that just by studying Torah with all of you, that there are many sins I don't deal with, I don't, I don't struggle with anymore, just because of His Word. Because there's breakthrough in His Word, there's redemption, there's healing in, in the Word of God. Amen? And often, the, the way to get free from a sin is to just stop thinking about it. And just by changing your focus. Let your focus be upon the things of God. Let your focus be upon, Lord, I don't, I'm really struggling with why you, you left your parents for three days and were in the temple. And you know what? Let us struggle about those things in the Word of God, the things that we don't understand. That's the, let our energies be in His Word. And often just by putting your focus away from your issues and you put your focus on the things of God, the things of this world will just fall away from you. Amen? I hope that helps somebody in here. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you all just to stand with me. Let's just give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. I just want to thank you all for being part of this nice story.